What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 38 of the Having Report podcast with myself, your host, Brad Mines. The price of Bitcoin is 18.5 thousand US dollars or 24.3 thousand Canadian dollars. We are about seven months past the third Bitcoin halving that occurred in May of 2020. Thank you for listening to the Having Report podcast where we focus on Bitcoin cycles and explore everything crypto. Today, we welcome Anorak to the show. Anorak is deeply involved with the NFT gaming space and has recently launched his own YouTube station helping noobs like myself understand this niche within the crypto space everybody welcome anorak to the show appreciate you taking the time to join me today for the interview the first thing i like to ask people is what is your background who are you and what led you into the bitcoin and cryptocurrency space first off thanks for having me thanks for giving me the uh, platform to come and spread the nft gospel and uh, crypto gospel a little bit here but um a bit about my background so i got into cryptocurrency in august of 2017 i was in college at the time and some of my buddies were sitting around talking about bitcoin so i got into it right before like the crazy crazy pumps i think i got in at around four thousand dollars which i guess to some people is a crazy pump but um got in around four thousand dollars and then you know i was just kind of swing trading different altcoins or i guess shit coins as some people call them and i ended up stumbling upon an erc20 token uh, called mana or mana and it was an in-world currency to this up and coming virtual world called Decentraland. And once I found that coin and I kind of stumbled into the NFT rabbit hole a little bit, I was just hooked. I mean, I it's a market and a, a community that I've kept up with for you know, going on three years now. And it's every single day, there's new stuff to learn. There's new projects to check out. It's very easy to find yourself wrapped in uh, different communities and meeting new people and stuff. And to me, that's what cryptocurrency and NFT industry kind of symbolizes is just this one big niche community right now and so i guess to me is what brought me in was the gains and what made me stick around was the community very interesting so what were you in college for uh so i went to college for business marketing with a minor in plant biology believe it or not uh, i wanted to at the time i was i had a, a fascination with like plants and I, I worked in a nursery and landscaping in uh, high school and i really just loved being outdoors i, I loved the nature appeal to it but i knew that i probably needed to have something that was more applicable overall for a major. So I went with this marketing side of things. And then through there, I found my way into uh, professional sports. And I've been working in professional baseball since 2015, doing uh, marketing and promotions and, and different things there. And I'll tell you what, the more and more that I get involved in, in all of this NFT stuff, the more and more I'm, I'm reconsidering what I went to school for in my overall profession. Because this year, especially, I've obviously working in professional sports, my uh, job has been pretty substantially stunted. My role has shifted quite a lot. Thankfully, I've, I've been able to stay on the payroll when a lot of my coworkers haven't. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, making me, it's forcing me into this space a little bit more. So I got the business marketing side of things. So I understand the way the crypto and, and uh, NFT markets kind of work. But then uh, also I, I have zero tech background whatsoever. So sometimes I'm, I'm hindered by not understanding that side of things. Well, it's interesting because Bitcoin is something that people are becoming so passionate about that it's teaching them to be more technical right like just being able to transact with blockchains and, and interact with them in different ways and, and like even yourself come from a non-technical background or you're diving into these things so now just jumping back a little bit to you know you said you discovered or you came across bitcoin and crypto in, in 2017 but was it so was it like the underlying blockchain that 
for a Bitcoin that actually drew you into the space originally? Or, or is it oh, no. like- <laughs> I saw dollar signs. You just saw dollar signs, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I had um, I, some of my, well, my college roommate, his younger brother was mining Neo at the time. And when he told me like about that stuff, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I didn't understand the um, the blockchain aspect to it until after I had kind of got into it. Like I knew obviously what it was and kind of why it was important, but I didn't understand the full grasp of things. I was I was a 21 year old college kid and looking for beer and rent money. So uh, when he had told me how much they were making, I was like, all right, I trust. I trusted my friend. I trusted his brothers. They had been in the space for a while, so I was just kind of at their whim for a little bit, and I was kind of just learning alongside them. And it wasn't until like late, not late, but I guess mid 2018, when I really started understanding all the different things that blockchain could, I guess not fix, but make substantially better in real world aspects and real uh, walks of life. And at what point in the timeline did you start your YouTube channel talking about NFTs? That was fairly recently. That was me working five hours a week during the height of the pandemic in May, just because there were no, no professional sports at the time. And so I had all this free time. I was still doing some stuff remote, but I had a, uh, a lot of free Free time on my hands and just to backtrack a bit i am pretty active in a few different nft communities uh the main one being decentraland which is uh as i spoke before the virtual world that kind of got me hooked into all this stuff and so as someone who was uh constantly answering questions in the discord and i, I was playing an active role in the community i was always answering the same questions over and over again from new users and to save myself from chronic arthritis at the age of 25, I just decided to start recording videos of myself analyzing the different aspects of Decentraland. And what would happen was when someone would ask me a, a question that I would common, commonly get, I would just copy paste the link to my video. And it was a lot easier. Uh, the people really liked it. And then that kind of evolved into me, like, I guess, kind of reviewing different projects. Um, there was just so much stuff to keep up with in the space that I felt I was doing a disservice to myself and the people that were following my content by only covering one project or two projects. So I decided to kind of branch out a little bit and that's kind of what you see today. My Twitter is a lot more active than my YouTube, but um, yeah, I, I try to cover as much as I can and as well as I can. Now, just to b- kind of back up and get back to the basics a little bit, just because mm-hmm. the people that listen to my show sometimes are very new to the cryptocurrency space, blockchain space, and even myself, I'm more of a blue chip crypto guy. Could you explain mm-hmm. to me in simple terms, so what is an NFT? So NFT stands for non-fungible token, and in the simplest form, it's a digital asset. In the virtual worlds, an NFT can be a piece of land. An NFT can be a, a piece of art that's created by an artist. It could be a digital trading card, right? Like right now we're seeing Pokemon cards go through the roof and certain uh, sports trading cards that are just growing exponentially uh, in value. And all an NFT is, it's that collectible, but it's represented in a digital form and it's on the blockchain so you don't have to worry about buying a fake piece of art if you're going to spend five million dollars on an art piece uh, you don't have to worry about it being faked you don't have to worry about buying a uh, a counterfeit ticket to a concert or a uh, a ball game of sorts because i mean i'm sure that if you're someone who attends concerts or sporting events or anything that requires a ticket, you have either fallen victim to a, uh, a fraudulent ticket scam or you know someone who has. And when you put 
those things on the blockchain in the form of an NFT, it's now become a trustless, a, a trustless environment and a trustless ecosystem, which is what blockchain is striving to provide. And so NFTs, it's not just collectibles. It's not just like these fun little things that, uh, or even tickets. We can even see in the future NFTs being like a ballot for voting in a presidential election where it's this digital token. And by just making one change to it, clicking one way or another, you can vote Democratic or uh, Republican. Uh, NFTs can also end up being like a deed to a house. And rather than having that in a, uh, a, a piece of paper, something that can be destroyed or something that can be um, lost or even copied, or you put that in the form of an NFT. And again, you're taking the trust out of the system. All you have to do is look at the, the um, where it came from on the blockchain and where it's been. And you know that you are dealing with something that is 100% not safe or secure, but I guess authentic. Uh, it just takes the trust out of everything. So, and I hope this question doesn't sound overly ignorant, but like, why does digital art have value then if somebody can just save your art piece and then share it as they want? Like if you were to have something, you show, can you show that online to me? And then I just, you know, right click and save. Does How does that work? Mm -hmm. No, you can. And it, it's not an ignorant question at all, because it's one of the most commonly asked ones. And it's something that even if you're involved in cryptocurrency, uh, I forget who it was. It might have been Peter McCormick a few months Actually, back. I think it was because that, yeah, that's where I saw, I saw that thread. And, and yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, both sides, I don't know enough to make a call about it. So it's a good yeah. opportunity for me to ask you. Yeah. And he, he really got the uh, NFT hive buzzing uh, with that one. And, and the reason being is because like you can right? You can take a picture of a piece of digital art and you can keep it for yourself and make it your wallpaper. But I can also do that with the Mona Lisa. I can also do that with the Banksy piece that infamously got shredded upon auction a couple years back. Uh, I can do that with anything that is tangible art, right? It's physical art, but it's not going to have any value. And it's the same thing with digital art where because we have the blockchain, you know if you're getting it from the artist or not. If someone just takes a, a screenshot of something and mints it as an NFT, which is very easy to do. Right now, I could take a picture of the most valuable digital art piece on the market, which is probably over $150,000. I can take a screenshot of that and I can post it for sale. I can mint it as an NFT and post it for sale all within about five minutes and it wouldn't cost me anything. But if you're trying to attract qualified buyers and you're going after the bigger money, no one's going to pay for that because they can look on the blockchain and see that it's phony. And that's the whole appeal to digital art from real world collectors. Uh, I know people from the famous art institute or I guess auction house Christie's, and they're now starting to uh, move into digital art or at least art that's on the blockchain for this very reason. So you can take a picture of it and you can keep it as your own, but it's not going to have any value. So you see these types of assets holding long-term value then and, and being true stores of value? I do for a very select, select percentage of the market. I think NFTs have wrongfully become synonymous with digital art. When you see people talking about NFTs on Twitter that are uninformed on them, they think that that just means digital art. And I think that right now, the because of this, it's creating a, a giant craze and damn near bubble in the digital art space where people are just speculating that artists will have this appreciating value over time when in reality it's like any other industry there's going to be a top one percent or five percent of the market 
It's just like we see in sports. It's like we see with uh, actors and musicians where that top 1% or 5% of the market is going to make a ton of money. And it's going to be the same thing with the NFT and digital art space where there's going to be a, a, a collection of artists that their work appreciates in value. And I honestly think that the first million dollar NFT sale is going to be in digital art. I think that's inevitable. I just don't think that a lot of these artists that are putting out lesser quality work or they're putting out too much of a supply, I don't think that they have the means to have long-term success in the digital art space. I know you're into Decentraland, mm -hmm. and, but like, but you're, you talk about NFTs very generally mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So mm -hmm. like, is that your main focus or do you, what other types of projects are you interested in? I am not as interested in the digital art um, seen as a lot of people are. I am actually probably one of the only people that um, would like the attention to kind of be drawn away from the digital art space just because I think a lot of people are throwing their money at things that is going to have no value in two years or even a year. Um, what I am mainly focused on is I guess virtual land, which is just what I got into first, it was one of the first forms of NFTs you could buy. And I'm also very high on the uh, gaming aspect of NFTs more than anything, because right now, if you're someone who plays Call of Duty for five hours a day and you're grinding and grinding and grinding to try and get this special gun or this special skin for a gun, or if you play Fortnite and you're dumping all this money into these skins that are then taken off the market and you can't use them anymore. What NFTs do is they put these on the blockchain and they make them digital assets. And they take the, the centralization aspect away from these companies that can dictate what to do with these, these, I guess, collectibles or goods. And it takes that power away from them and it puts uh, these assets into the hand of the gamers. So imagine if you play Call of Duty for, like I said, five hours a day, you, you're a Twitch streamer, you're not making any money off streaming, but you're playing Call of Duty hours on end and you're really good. And you're unlocking all these really special guns and these skins for the guns and all these perks and everything. Now imagine if those were NFTs and you owned them after you unlocked them, and then you could go and sell them on a secondary marketplace to people. Like you're creating this whole online marketplace in the gaming atmosphere that has never existed before. Like I'm someone who really enjoys sports games. I play Madden a lot. For anyone who plays Madden out there, there's the Madden uh, Ultimate Team. And you unlock these things called MUT tokens. And you can use these tokens to purchase like highly uh, sought after players and stuff on the Madden marketplace, but you can't withdraw those coins. There's no way to withdraw them and sell them for a fiat or even a different or a uh, type of cryptocurrency. So what NFTs do and ERC-20 tokens, which are the form of uh, cryptocurrency off the Ethereum blockchain for a lot of these projects, what you're doing is you're just letting people kind of become their own bank, but in the gaming, in the gaming side of things, you're allowing people to put the time in and actually be rewarded for it. And this is typically referred to in the NFT space as play to earn. There's games out there right now, the most popular one and the one that I've been playing for almost an entire year now called Axie Infinity. And Axie Infinity, there's people in uh, different countries around the world, Philippines, uh, Venezuela, and a, a few other ones that I'm drawing a blank on where these people are earning more by 
playing Axie Infinity and NFT games than they are than they would be in their actual country. Earning a higher income by playing these games than the median income average in their countries, which is crazy. And that's what NFTs have the power to do. They have the power to give people financial freedom, but through gaming. And that's why I think I'm most I guess not bullish because I, I know it's going to happen. I know there's going to be games that uh, overtake it. I, it's not going to be a bullish trend. It's just going to be the way things are moving forward. And that's 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 where my passion lies with the NFTs is the gaming side of things, not necessarily the collectibles, because I think collectibles can just kind of be copied and traded hands. And there's going to be a few projects that see appreciation, but not all of them will. But I, I really like the gaming side of things. Now, inside those games, if you're making everything into an NFT, are companies you know willing to cooperate and move in this direction? Or is this kind of mm -hmm. just like the culture and gaming that's forcing it? Or, or is there a battle there at all? I don't think that companies are going to give up that power. There's no reason why Fortnite or Call of Duty should do this. They make so much money doing or under their systems now. It doesn't make sense for them to go to an NFT. But what I'm expecting to happen is that the younger generation of gamers is going to understand this value and they're going to move to projects that are providing an NFT rather than something that you can dump money into. And if the company decides, hey, we're going to shut down the servers or, hey, we're going to do away with this Fortnite skin for these months, like it's it's not possible once those items are minted as a non-fungible token and put on the blockchain. Now, who, like, who are some big players in this space that I can start following on Twitter? Yeah, I would say um, on Twitter at DCL Blogger. His name is Maddie. He is carving out a, a very aggressive NFT lane. He is becoming the the guy to go to for NFTs. He's another Decentraland uh, OG like myself. He's been around forever and he's now getting into the art space. He's not as much in, as into the gaming as I am. Uh, he's more into the digital art stuff, but he covers everything. He puts out great content and like little two minute videos covering stuff. So he's a great follow. And then, man, there's so many good ones. I'm going to hate leaving people out. There's Gabby Dyson, and uh, he's involved in both creating some of these games and also collecting assets and playing them and stuff like that. Um, if you just search uh, non-fungible tokens on uh, or uh, hashtag NFTs on, on Twitter or YouTube, the best people are probably going to pop up because there's not many of us that are talking about it. Cool, man. Yeah, I know. I'm looking to, you know, I always want to keep my ear close to the ground in, in the space. As much as from an investment standpoint, I, I like to minimize my risk, of course, right? In terms of like investing in, in blockchain, you know, from Bitcoin to Ethereum to uh, NFTs, you know, how do you kind of diversify your crypto portfolio? It's tough, right? because I am someone who is such an avid NFT user and collector that there's times I find myself going after things I probably shouldn't. Um, but it's because I can actually use these items and get kind of uh, either a passive income off them or uh, just have them as a collectible. I'm mainly in Ethereum and not Bitcoin just because of the nature of my activity. I still hold Bitcoin, but I'm by no means a, a maximalist or even close to that. So I am probably like 50-50 ETH and NFTs. And then I have just 
a, a sliver of, of Bitcoin compared to my entire portfolio. Well, I think this chat, this conversation is really showing how blockchain can be utilized for good in so many different ways, right? That we kind of overlook sometimes in this space because most of it's focused on Bitcoin, I find. But then you find these little niche markets in which, you know, I love seeing these things. It's just there's so much information out there. I can't keep up with every uh, every aspect of the space. Bitcoin's complex enough for me. If you have any final comments or, or maybe just let us know where to follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DCL Anorak. And then also there's a link to my YouTube page there as well. I'm also on Discord all over the place. Uh, same same username, Anorak. I guess Twitter would be the easiest one, and then you can branch out and find all my other platforms from there. Thank you for listening to episode 38 of the Havering Report podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice, and be sure to check out all the links in the show notes. Till next time.